a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. We're into the final hour of today's episode. I need uh, I need some help from you. If you if you're listening right now and you yourself have been to uh, Disney World, Disney World in, in the last few months, I, I want to hear from you. Could you pick up the phone and give me a call? 801-575-8255. If you have been to Disney World in the last few months, I'd like to speak with you. The reason is uh, something fascinating has taken place at, at Disney World. If you remember there was some controversy a few months back when uh, Disney decided to open its Florida theme park. A few months ago, we were at the uh, the height, the height of the at least the nationwide uh, spread of the the virus. There were records being set in Florida for daily case count, and uh, and Disney was met with much criticism. As they moved forward uh, with their decision to to open. You know, the, the assertion was uh, this is reckless and irresponsible. This is uh, a danger to not only potential patrons, but also those uh, that work here and that this uh, could be some sort of hive of super spread and that it will spill out into the community and uh, all of Florida will be lost. And it'll all be thanks to Disney World. Well, uh, the other day I was looking over some comments uh, made by those who have been keeping a close eye on the workers at Disney World. This from the president of Unite Here. It's the local 362, the union that represents about 8,000 workers and custodians there at Disney World. And the assertion was that we've had very few and none, this responding to a question as to uh, spread of COVID-19 at the park, Disney World, we've had very few and none, as far as we can tell, have been from work-related exposure. So if this assertion is correct, it means that there has not been amongst employees, some 8,000 plus workers and custodians there, there has not been a single case of COVID-19 to stem from work-related exposure. And we've been hearing from, uh, from those who have visited the park that there's some pretty strict rules there. You don't get to move about too freely without a mask on. And if uh, if you are uh, caught without one, bam, consequences are swift and you are uh, forcefully and quickly reminded, uh, listen, you're out of regs. you got to get your mask on. Uh, well, that's interesting. It's interesting that, that Florida, or at least Disney's uh, location in Florida, Disney World, would have uh, such great success and now a, a few months long track record of Success, especially as they look to the West Coast and attempt to open up their uh, their California location. Before before I get to uh, some comments from California's governor on this topic, let me say that I have a, I have a little theory about how 
uh, about how, how Disney is able to maintain uh, maintain the the good discipline they have there needed to to keep these case counts down. I've I've been to Disney World once. I spent a few hours there a few years ago. Uh, interestingly enough, I was there with Doug Wright. He and I had uh, an assignment there uh, at the park, and so we flew down and uh, spent the day doing some broadcast work. And then they told us, "Hey, and you have free reign of the park." And so afterwards, uh, I had my one and only Disney World experience. And as I looked around, I was struck by the fact that every single thing I lay my eyes upon uh, was orchestrated or choreographed or intentional. Nothing, not one detail uh, was left to chance. And if that was possible in putting the park together, uh, well, of course, uh, of course they'll be able to, uh, you know, implement some sort of uh, process to keep things safe. Uh, I want to jump on the phone lines right now. I think we've got someone, Chris uh, from Mill Creek. Chris, how are you? Good. How are you? You've been to you've been to Disney World recently. I have on Saturday. Just this past Saturday. What was your experience? Yep, it was great. It felt super safe. Um, it was good. Everyone was wearing masks. The hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, lots of social distancing. So it was great. What was uh, what was enforcement like? Did you maybe you don't have to reveal yourself, but uh, did you yourself or, or did you observe anyone who uh, you know maybe let the mask slip or, or did anything outside of the the recommended guidelines? Yeah, so I mean, like some people, they're as strict as like even when you're eating or drinking, you have to stand in place six feet away from people. So even if people like would take their mask off for a couple of seconds to you know drink their drink while they were walking, it seemed like somebody would pop up and just re- kindly remind them, you know. Hey, just be stationary while you're eating or drinking. Keep your mask on while you're moving. So. Did did any of that take away from like the spirit of Disney World? Were you able to enjoy your experience? Yeah, I think it was great. I mean, there's give and takes. There's less entertainment right now going on because mm-hmm. of it, but it also feels less crowded too because they're kind of capping capacity. So it's been great. What uh, what 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 was it that made you comfortable going? What what was there? Was there uh, something you learned? Something you observed? Uh, you had to make a choice at some point. What got you there? Um, you know, I, I have a pass, so I go a few times a year. Um, I had watched some vlogs and people seemed like they felt comfortable and safe going. It was nice waiting a few weeks and hearing there weren't any like instant breakouts or anything, outbreaks of COVID. So, um, and once I got there, you know, they did the temp checking first thing. Oh, right. right. Um, it felt safer than, you know, even going to the grocery store, to be honest. Fascinating. Uh, well, Chris, listen, uh, I'm glad you had that fun experience, and thank you for your insight. Thanks for listening. Yeah, have a great day. Thanks. You do the same. Uh, all right, so now, so so there's the account. That's what uh, that's how things are going in Disney World. Uh, no cases among employees, no work-related uh, cases among those working there. And so why is it that Disneyland in, uh, in California remains closed? Here is Governor Gavin Newsom speaking about that just last week. There's disagreements in terms of opening a major theme park. Uh, We're going to let science and data make that determination. I understand the dialectic, the friction, the frustration that many business leaders have that they want to move forward uh, sectorally to to reopen. Uh, But we are we're going to be led by a health first framework and uh, and we're going to be stubborn about it. And um, and that's the. Uh, that's our commitment. That's our resolve. And uh, while there's, we feel there's no hurry of putting out guidelines, we're continuing to work with the industry. Amusement parks, and by the way, amusement parks aren't just Disney. Uh, you've got all kinds of amusement parks, including uh, smaller parks that are out there in the piers, like uh, down in Santa Cruz and 
others that may be impacted. And so we're trying to work through all of those things. It's very complex. These are like small cities, small communities, small towns. Uh, but we don't anticipate in the, the immediate term uh, any of these larger theme parks opening until we see more stability uh, in terms of the data. You heard the California governor there use a phrase health first, and he says that uh, that the theme parks will be open and that their uh, their approach, California's approach to when they will open stems from a health first approach. Well, uh, Disney, not long after those comments were uh, revealed by Governor Newsom of California, Disney, uh, Disney had a pretty strongly worded response. Uh, Time is tight. I'm going to take a break. When we return, I'll share with you the response from Disney to the governor of California, and I will open the phone lines to you, Uh, be it Disney or elsewhere with the upcoming holidays. Do you plan to travel? Your call's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, before the break, we listened to California Governor Gavin Newsom say that the state's theme parks have to remain closed for now. What does that mean? Well, California is home of uh, Disney's Disneyland, right? And so that has been shut down since nearly the dawn of this pandemic. And yet, on the other coast in Florida, Disney World is wide open. And the experience of park goers, as we heard in the, the segment prior, uh, has been one of, of comfort and strict adherence to COVID-19 guidelines. That is further evidenced by the fact that there are no accounts of employees or cast members, however they phrase it, uh, in the Disney world. Uh, there have been no employees of Disney, no one working there at the attractions in any sense, None of them have contracted the coronavirus while at work. And those that have uh, have been subject to uh, you know strict protocols to uh, limit and eliminate uh, the possibility of a spread there on the park. And yet uh, in California, the evidence demonstrated or rather the ability demonstrated by Disney in Florida uh, to to cultivate a safe environment. Uh, well, not enough for the California governor. And after his comments of last week where he said that their decision, the state's decision to reopen would be based in a health first approach. Disney took some issue with that phrase. uh, And moments after the comments, Disney responded in this way. Uh, They wrote, quote, we absolutely reject the suggestion that reopening the Disneyland resort is incompatible with a health first approach. The fact is that since March, we have taken a robust science based approach to responsibly reopening our parks and resorts across the globe. Again, this is the response of Disney to Governor Gavin Newsom's uh, uh, reiteration that he will not be, his government, his state will not be allowing uh, the Walt Disney land to reopen in California until you know further progress against the virus is made. The statement from Disney, the response, from Disney continues, our health and safety protocols were developed in consultation with epidemiologists and data scientists and after considering guidance from the Center for Disease Control and experts in local government and health agencies. All of our other theme parks in the world, both in the United States and elsewhere, have been allowed to open on the strength of our proven ability to operate with responsible health and safety protocols. Why does the governor of California think he knows so much better uh, than the the tested protocols, the protocols which have proven to be effective for Disney in Florida, uh, according to the governor of California, aren't uh, exactly based in a health-first approach. Anyway, uh, that's uh, some backstory. The the real question I want to ask you here is, what are your travel plans? 
What are your travel plans for for this year? Thanksgiving and Christmas are are, are coming up, uh, and I it's important because there are unfortunately uh, a number of airlines and hotels and other travel centric places that uh, have faced some significant hits. Uh, what are you going to do? Is the coronavirus going to keep you from? Uh, is the coronavirus going to keep you from visiting your family? Uh, I'll admit that uh, for the Lonsberry family, it very likely will mean that uh, Baby Piper uh, spends her Christmas just with mom and dad uh, and won't be hopping on an airplane to visit the rest of the family back east. And that's a sad thing. You know, many of them haven't yet met Piper, uh, but we'll get through it. Uh, We'll get through it. Let me take uh, one phone call here from Tom in Centerville. Just got back from uh, California. Tom, sir, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, You were surprised to see the the zoo in San Diego is open. Tell me about your experience. Yeah, we uh, we were planning on going down to San Diego just to go down to the beach and you know, just kind of take it easy down there. Because like, like you were saying, I thought everything was going to be closed. Um, but on the way, we just happened to notice uh, a commercial saying that, you know, the zoo was open and everything. And so we thought, well, what the heck? You know, so we went there and they had the similar, similar experience to that other gentleman that called earlier where um, everybody... You had to be masked. Um, they checked your temperature, checked everything before you went in. Yeah. Reminded you to keep your mask on, and if you, you know, if you would keep that promise the whole time you were there. And it was it was great because there was, a, a, you know, a much lighter uh, amount of people there, and so it kind of felt like the whole zoo was, hmm. <laughs> you know, open to, you know, felt like your own zoo. So yeah. it was good. Well, very yeah. cool. Uh, Tom, th- thanks for that uh, account. You wonder with the San Diego Zoo open, uh, which is a, a zoo I visited, one of the most beautiful zoos on the planet. I am partial to St. Louis, though. I grew up visiting St. Louis when we'd uh, drive out to visit Mama and Papa. Uh, the St. Louis Zoo is a beautiful place. San Diego, though, gives it a run for its money. Why is it that the San Diego Zoo can be open when uh, Disneyland cannot and other theme parks and other places where you gather to recreate? Uh, anyway, eh, Governor Newsom, he knows better than us. Uh, listen, we're gonna—I'm ha- gonna have to change, uh, shift gears here pretty dramatically. I wanted to talk to you about vacationing, but uh, I have before me uh, wh- I, what I can only describe as a journal entry. It reads exactly like uh, someone writing in their diary. Uh, it was released by the White House uh, just a few minutes ago, and its author uh, is Melania Trump, and it gives. Uh, an account of the experience uh, through which she has passed, she and her family uh, have passed, uh, as as it was announced that she and President Trump, and now we are learning another member of the family, uh, was diagnosed with the coronavirus. Let me read to you uh, what Melania Trump has, has written. It reads, quote, It was two weeks ago when I received the diagnosis that so many Americans across our country and the world have already received. I tested positive for COVID-19. To make matters worse... My husband and our nation's commander-in-chief received the same news. Naturally, my mind went immediately to our son. To our great relief, he tested negative. But again, as so many parents have thought over the past several months, I couldn't help but think, what about tomorrow or the next day? Well, this again is Melania Trump uh, writing in what I'm describing as a journal entry, uh, what was just released by the White House. My fear came true when he was tested again and it came up positive. Luckily, he is a strong teenager and exhibited no symptoms. In one way, I was glad the three of us went through this at the same time so we could take care of one another and spend time together. 
he has since tested negative. The journal entry uh, continues, talks about uh, recovering from the illness and the good cheer that she received from all those sending well wishes. Uh, But the big news here is that not only uh, did the president and first lady, uh, Donald and Melania Trump, uh, contract the coronavirus, test positive, uh, and have since recovered, but so too did uh, their son, uh, Barron Trump, contract the coronavirus. Uh, Initially uh, was tested. That test came back negative. Uh, Melania, mother, uh, thinks to herself, okay, well, what about tomorrow or the next day? Another test is administered, and it comes back positive. And her baby boy uh, was positive for the coronavirus. As she points out, though, he's a strong teenager, uh, exhibited no symptoms, and has since tested negative. Uh, some remarkable news. I can remember uh, when the president first sent that tweet out. If you remember, it was uh, what a few Friday or Fridays ago, early, early morning Friday on the East Coast. Uh, the president made it known that he and Melania had tested uh, positive. My first thought was, well, how about Barron? You don't see much of Barron, uh, and, and I think that's good. I think that's wise. Uh, I, you know, echo kind of the the pleas which have been put out uh, by Chelsea Clinton. You know, the the the, the daughter of uh, a president. She has uh, repeatedly made pleas to the media uh, to give the kid a break. You know, uh, he is not the president. He is not the first lady. He is not the elected official. He ought not be the subject of your uh, coverage. And uh, for the for the most part, uh, I am uh, very grateful to, uh, you know, my colleagues in media uh, on, you know, whatever type of media you want to talk about. Uh, I've been very grateful that his privacy, for the most part, you know, there's certainly exceptions, uh, but his privacy has been uh, respected. I'm also uh, proud of the, the First Lady here for revealing uh, this, uh, you know, seemingly intimate uh, detail of their life. Uh, but uh, it certainly put uh, at ease many of the concerns that, uh, that myself and others have felt uh, about Barron. You know, how is it that they, uh, you know, live under the same roof and are able to, uh, you know, escape the, the, the COVID virus. Well, uh, he didn't, it turns out, uh, has since tested uh, negative, And as Melania points out, strong teenager exhibited no symptoms. Uh, so that is very good. Very pleased that that is the case. Uh, uh, so very good. Now, uh, we are going to, in a moment, we're going to take a break. And when we return, we're going to follow up on a story which broke just yesterday. And it stems from a study, a study conducted by Brigham Young University, looking at vaccines, uh, specifically America's willingness to get vaccinated uh, from the the coronavirus. The details are interesting, and they kind of conflict with a recent Pew Research study. So we'll look at the differences between the two studies. We'll, in fact, speak with one of the authors of the study, Dr. Brian Poole, an associate professor in microbiology and molecular biology there at Brigham Young University. Also, we're going to hear from Kamala Harris and Mike Pence on what they had to say about vaccines at last week's debate. See how that all relates and how you feel next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? 
That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.